Hey, it's Sky Brothers here. View from the cheap seats this week. We have an unbelievable guest. Uh, he played for in the NFL, had over ten thousand six hundred yards rushing, and now he's got a great acting career. He's Thomas Q. Jones. Man, did you have fun on the show? Man, I had a blast on this show. Thank we you so much deep. for inviting me. Yeah, we got super deep, man. It was early in the morning out here in the West Coast. Man, Listen, y'all, got man, my, y'all got my brain working early, man. Talk so. Issues. I'm yeah. talking issues. I'm saying, look, we got so deep, we put her butt to sleep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. PRA, Public Radio America. Good news, we're here. This week on Your Welcome, we go inside the unusual and expensive sub-industry of elopement planning. A Pentecostal snake handler laments the oppression of her religious reptilian rights, and fortune tellers tell tales of unfortunate misfortunes. All this in retractions today on... Your Welcome. Welcome to Your Welcome. I'm Stefan Hyphenstraitman, and my transcendental meditation mantra is, I hope I'm doing this right. Our top story. The wedding industry has been milking the udders of love for almost as long as there have been weddings. Early humans would enlist the member of their tribe with the best taste to find a full-service cave that came with plenty of rocks and stumps for guests to sit upon. Less evolved members of the family would sit farther back to avoid any awkward mishaps involving the throwing of feces. Around this era, these prehistoric tribe organizers and the owners of these pretty caves realized that they could make a profit of twice as many shiny stones by charging separately for the rocks guests sat on for the wedding and the rocks guests sat on for the devouring of the mammoth carcass afterwards. The wedding industry was born. Regard for the wedding industry became far more prevalent throughout medieval times, the actual era in human history, not the restaurant, where actors ride horses and patrons drink Budweiser out of metal cups. As the various royal dynasties of England tried to one-up the royal weddings before them and enlisted celebrity wedding planners of the day, King Henry VIII used to hire the same wedding planner, that's Lord Bartholomew Nordingham of Hertfordshire upon Hertfordshire, to plan each of his weddings. After each failed wedding, Henry would behead Lord Bartholomew, go on to fall in love again, and then reattach Lord Bartholomew's head so he could be present for the next round of wedding plans. Weddings after Henry VIII proved more and more extravagant, requiring greater and pricier celebrity planners. Henry IX was married in a basket dangling over a waterfall at sunset. Henry X was married in midair after being fired from a golden catapult and before landing safely on a pile of poor people. Henry XI was a bachelor, in part because he was mentally challenged and died at age 12. Henrietta the Only had a wedding feast made up entirely of creatures now thought to be fictional, like unicorn meatloaf and mermaid scamby. Then came the Industrial Revolution, and with it, factories and mechanical innovations that made the wedding industry more ruthlessly efficient than ever. Small children used to crank levers for 18 hours a day, pulling engaged couples down a conveyor belt that included formal wear being stitched directly around their bodies, a steam-powered priest delivering blessings, and a tiny spring-loaded bouquet that would launch backwards out of the facility and directly into high-traffic areas of London, usually without casualties. These wedding factories fell out of fashion after the children who operated them successfully unionized and lodged formal complaints of constant exposure to gross kissing and cooties. Most modern engaged couples go along with the high cost of weddings because it's perceived to be the ultimate party, except, of course, for the obligatory presence of conservative aunts and uncles. 
The costs also fall under the psychological tendency to assume that more spending leads to less stress and faster solutions, like containing a kitchen fire by throwing $20 bills at the flames until it becomes a controlled burn. But some couples feel their romance has been stifled by the price of throwing rice, the cost of the bouquet being tossed, the expense of a marriage license. And so reports indicate there's a record number of elopements in the U.S. today, as lovers attempt to escape the pressures and expectations of the wedding planning industry. That is where Elizabeth Scone comes in. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Scone of Fast Love Forever Limited. Miss Scone is the owner, founder, president, and spokesperson for the first-ever elopement planning company. I used to intern for Gino. You know, celebrity wedding planner Gino Apolio, the famous one. Sorry, I don't make it to many celebrity weddings. Oh my god, you're kidding. I'm never kidding. Well, Gino's planned weddings for pretty much everybody. Brangelina, Benifer, Chanifer, Danifer, Renavid, Bungie, Mopple, Smacklemore, Tindin, Ron. R- Ron and who? Dude, Reese and John equals Ron. Open a magazine now and then. I'm so embarrassed. But I'll never forget. I was running a red light on my way to get 3,000 roses dry cleaned when my Bluetooth lights up and Gino says... Ah, Elizabeth, drop what you're doing and get on the 101. Justica has decided to elope. They're getting married at a vineyard in 20 minutes. Why was he doing a bad impression of an Italian accent? What? No, he is Italian. Never mind, then. So... I sped my way up to Los Olivos just in time to pick up a bunch of dudes from Home Depot, fit them for suits, give them trays of hors d'oeuvres, and scream at them. And Jessica got hitched without a hitch. A little private ceremony. Nobody but them, their parents, and the nannies that actually raised them, plus me. Gino, the hors d'oeuvres guys, and a bunch of paparazzi specially trained to hide in vineyards. We call them graparazzi in the wedding biz. (laughs) How romantic. Right? Right. So, I watch this little secret wedding go down, and I think, this is what it's all about. This is love. None of the spectacle or build-up, none of the extraneous costs or decorations or guests or red velvet cupcakes or photo booths or elephant-drawn carriages. Just love. It moved me to quit Gino and start my own business. Elizabeth Scone founded Fast Love Forever LLC only two years ago and has since planned a whopping 350 elopements and counting. You may be asking, how does one plan an event that, by definition, evades planning? Just because people are running off to get married in secret doesn't mean they don't want a fairy tale wedding. Lots of people in fairy tales run off in secret all the time. Look at Hansel and Gretel. I mean, they were brother and sister. They weren't getting married. Well, maybe they were. They were German. My point being, I can offer these couples a sense of genuine, exciting spontaneity they're looking for. And how long does it take for you to plan a typical elopement? Oh, minimum one year. My preference is always 16 months from signing the contract to the big elopement day. But some clients just have to rush, rush, rush. (laughs) I tell them, hey, that extra four months can yield some pretty incredible ice sculptures. But okay, sure. Ditch the ice sculptures if you want to. It's your funeral. I mean, you know, your your wedding, technically. Ms. Scone employs a crew of 200 elopement specialists, whom she refers to as the elope elite. 
She provides special wedding packages for a number of specific elopement opportunities. Okay, so let's say you want to run away and get married because your parents object to your coupling. That qualifies you for the Objection to My Desire package, which includes a long ivory table with two plush thrones seated all the way at the end, which are then set on fire to symbolize the fact that your parents aren't there and you don't want them there. Then, our wedding photographer, Diego, takes beautiful glamour shots of all the gourmet food and wine we provide and sends it to the parents in an envelope mailed first class to rub it in. Or, say you're eloping because you're trying to avoid religious obligations. You should roll with your sacrilege special. We provide you with the least religious wedding officiant possible, usually some hippie college student with one of those certificates you can order online. And if someone accidentally steps on a glass during the elopement in a way that implies a religious ceremony, then the couple gets 5% off the final cost, plus a free red velvet cupcake. Or let's say you're just good old-fashioned impulsive teenagers. You gotta go in for our deluxe, this is definitely gonna last forever package. That comes with a celebrity DJ from Las Vegas and a diamond-encrusted Instagram hashtag. Wow. Now how much does a celebrity DJ from Las Vegas go for these days? We have a sliding scale. Top of the line is a cool 50000 an hour. That's a DJ from Las Vegas, Nevada. For 25000 an hour, you can get a DJ from Las Vegas, New Mexico. $10,000 gets you a DJ from Las Vegas, Florida. And for teenagers on a budget, you can get a DJ from Branson, Missouri, which is considered the Las Vegas of the greater lake of the Ozarks area. What are some obstacles you've run into throughout your career as a professional elopement planner? Well... I hate to say it, but we've been getting supremely cock-blocked ever since the Supreme Court passed their ruling on same-sex marriage. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's great for gay people, but bad for business. Used to be gay couples had to run away to huddle together in the dead of night, whispering their vows somewhere deep in the remote, untamed forests of Vermont. Now they get to pull out all the stops in public, which means elopement is as passe as Ugg boots. Even my gay friends, and believe me, <laughs> I have thousands of gay friends, are all like, oh, sorry, Elizabeth, we're going to Geno so we can get the full glam wedding experience. I'm like, hello, secret weddings can be glam too, okay? Just look at David Bowie and Iggy Pop. We taught interns how to work microphones and sent them into Fast Love Forever's offices to record a typical meeting in the life of Elizabeth Scone. Okay, kids, here's what I'm thinking for the ride out of town. You two, in the dead of night, escaping your overbearing parents in the back of a stretch Hummer. Booyah, Travis. Booyah, Tiffany. Um, yeah, I think my dad would definitely notice that thing stalling under my bedroom window. I mean, it's hot pink, Miss Scone. We were thinking we'd just, like, sneak out of town in my Hyundai Accord. First of all, call me Elizabeth. Second of all, fuck you! This is the exact same stretch hummer Kim Kardashian eloped in with that basketball guy. And you want me to associate the most magical day of your lives with a Hyundai Accord? This is my job, okay? I know what I'm doing. You owe yourselves a better forbidden wedding than that. Think of yourselves as Romeo and Juliet. Oh, we don't get to read that in class till next year. Yeah, that's on the senior year syllabus. We're on Catcher in the Rye right now. Okay, well, think of yourselves as Holden Caulfield and that prostitute in the hotel room then. Well, actually, you know, Travis and um, 
Elizabeth, when we first talked about eloping eight months ago, it all seemed so like thrilling and dangerous, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. It's dangerous. What's your point? Well, after all these weeks of thinking about it, I, I think maybe I'm having second thoughts. <gasps> and third thoughts. And fourth and fifth. And like, I'm on my 23rd thought on this right now. Tiffany, don't talk like that. I love you. And I've, I've already spent like 10 years advanced allowances on this. Tiff, honey, you signed a contract, okay? Don't be in a lovezilla. Tiffany, Amber, Nicole, McIntosh. Daddy! Mr. McIntosh. What the hell's been going on in here for the past eight months? Mr. McIntosh, hi, Elizabeth Scone, elopement planner. While you're here, can I talk to you about these bouncing checks your daughter's been stealing from your office? Take a seat. Have a red velvet cupcake. Jesus Christ, bouncing checks? Wow, this is insane. I can't believe it. At this point, Mr. McIntosh broke our microphones and field recording equipment and interns. Please bear that in mind throughout our ongoing fundraiser this week. Miss Scone, this all leads up to the obvious question for you. Do you ever see yourself running off after a 16-month planning period and secretly getting married yourself? Well, Stefan, I get that question a lot. And if I ever find the right guy, I think I'll do it, sweet and simple. None of these extravagant elopements. I'll just take my man by the hand stick a fountain pen in his fist and gently guide his signature across a series of prenups. Then it's off to the courthouse to get the prenups co-signed. And presumably to get a marriage license? Right, of course. The post-prenup. Or just NUP, for short. Then it's off to a quaint little honeymoon full of signing post-nup agreements. And finally, is it true that you also own and operate a slightly less advertised but twice as profitable side business as a, quote, divorce party planner? Well, Stefan, as we say in the wedding planning biz, I do. PRA and You're Welcome are brought to you by Think Pieces, the socially conscious breakfast cereal that's not for everybody, but should be. Our next story. America has been a sanctuary for hard-earned rights to freedom of religious practice for as long as it's been a country other countries talk about behind its back. But do even those religious rights have religious wrongs? On this edition of That American There, Chartreuse Beljar meets a Pentecostal believer whose daily battles for freedom of religious expression are proving to be a lot to handle. I'm sitting on a beautiful wooden porch in rural Tennessee with Abigail Chauncey Tamiathison. Hey! Oh. You're sitting too close to the box. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. You I, can't, because they're in there and you can't, you can't. Pardon me for saying God, I just, um. Because that's not real. Because you know God is not real. God's not real. You know what, the snakes are real. You can see them in the box. Oh. Go uh, on, get, but don't. Oh my gosh! Don't reach your he, hand in. He just bit the cage. Mm-hmm. He was going for my leg. I know. Well, because you, he knows you don't worship him, and he knows I do. So I'm the only one you can handle him. Hey, move okay. over. Okay. Okay. Move. Uh, how is this rocking chair? Is this a? Is this a good? That's spot? fine. My granddaddy built it, and then he got bit by a snake, and he died. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear your. Loss. That's okay. I wasn't sad. 
Because the snake is still alive. Oh, is it that one right there? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to move over to this other rocking chair. Okay, that one was built by my granddaddy, my other granddaddy, on the mother's side. He's still alive. Oh, good. No, okay. he's dead. What? He's al- No, he's dead. He's not alive. Did he also get bit by that snake? Yes! Okay, well, um, I'm going to move over to the stool. Now, right. uh, Abigail, I have been reading about... Um, some of these situations that have been popping up for you in the sense that you have been getting kicked out of businesses because... Yes! It's horrible. That's right. I've been kicked... I have not been able to get any dry cleaning done. I can't buy any mustard or or sauce from a grocery store. Because you're bringing your snakes with you. But that is my religious right. Now, and to go back to the religion for just one second, you believe that God is in the snakes? God is a snake? No! The snake is a god. God oh. isn't in the snake. God doesn't exist. Mm. There's, there's only rattlesnake God, and he's the only real deity out there. <laughs> oh, um, now, wow, um, now, you have to bring the god with you everywhere you go, I, I don't understand how how God can't just sit on your porch for a little bit. You go and do your dry cleaning, get that done. But you have to bring the snake with you. What's your name? Chartreuse Belljar. What? Chartreuse Belljar. I'm going to call you Nancy. Nancy, look... I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to leave my God at home. Have you ever seen somebody walk around with a necklace with a cross on it? Uh, yes. Yes. So how come that's permissible, but I got a rattlesnake wrapped around my neck and all of a sudden everybody's flipping out? That's my religion. Well, I think um, a couple of examples would be your two grandfathers getting killed by a snake. They know, because... No. Well, what about, Abigail, what about restaurants? Now, I, I, re- I read something about you getting kicked out of a TGI Fridays. Yes, I was trying to eat some potato skins. They're my favorite. And I, I got potato skins in the Diet Coke. And then I brought my rattlesnake god out because he is hungry. Just because he's a god doesn't mean he ain't hungry. Well, I think they eat mice. No. No. They ate potato skins and, and mustards and sauces. And that's why I was trying to get that from the grocery store. They don't eat no mice. That's a common misconception okay, about well, rattlesnakes. Uh, Abigail, it, it, it's it's a health code violation to have any animal in sort of the food environment unless there is sort of outdoor seating, in which case it's usually just dogs. Nancy, the the manager of the hotel the manager of the hotel came over to me when I was sitting at that table at TGI Fridays and he said said you can't have a rattlesnake here and then i didn't i didn't do anything but when the rattlesnake god is disrespected he will lash out and he bit that hotel manager in the face i don't understand how how a god would do that he's a vengeful god but what what did these people do you you don't even know i mean i guess i guess the snake would know 
Uh, well, they don't worship it. You know, because look, I've been trying to get my message out and it, it's, it's a matter of people not respecting the fact that rattlesnakes <laughs> are mm. a religion and are a god. Mm. How do you expect to get the message out? What what would you like to um to achieve here? I would like to meet with the president of the United States. Mm. I have a feeling that uh, a snake will not be allowed in that conversation. Well, I've been trying to get in touch with it, and, and they said I can't bring the snakes because it'll seem like I'm trying to assassinate the president, mm. and I'm not. I'm trying to introduce him to snake god. Um, what is your... What does the rest of your family think about all of this? Do you have... They're all dead. I'm just going to assume right here, right now, that they've been killed by snakes. How'd you know, Nancy? Just a wild guess. Um, Hmm. I have just noticed that a snake is on the loose on your porch. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, look, the the best way to, to not get bit... This is, is my cue. This is my cue. I'm going to go. You're going to go? Wait a minute. Mm. Say for one more I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm grabbing that Thank you, Abigail. Jacket. Thank you, <laughs> Abigail. Chauncey to my office. Bye! <clears throat> that was That American There with Chartreuse Belljar. Thank you, Chartreuse, for introducing us to the rattlesnake god. You certainly sounded... Rattled. PRA and Your Welcome are brought to you by Podcasts. They're like conference calls you can't contribute to and don't get paid for. And by Rescue Cats. If you rescue a cat and don't tell everyone on Facebook about it, does it make a sound? The answer is probably yes. Along the historic route of 66, businesses flourish because of the tourism it brings. Along that mother road is the magical and serene New Mexico, a state whose economy thrives on historic Pueblo tours, pinto beans, and anything with turquoise on it. Officially nicknamed the Land of Enchantment, New Mexico also holds the most metaphysical shops in the entire state. In an oversaturated market of Reiki healers, sorcerers, and magnetic hydromancers, how does one's business stand out against the competition? I sat down with one such owner to get her story. Hello, my name is Crystalline, and I own the metaphysical shop. We've got a hunch hut. Crystalline, that's a name. <laughs> is that um, is that name on your birth certificate? Interestingly enough, my first name is Caroline, and my middle is Crystal, so I combine them to make Crystalline. I suppose I don't have room to judge. My name is Chartreuse Beljar. How did you get started with your business? Did you always know or have a hunch that you'd open the hunch hut? Well, about four years ago, I got my cards read for the first time. I was in a dark spot in my life. I had gone through several businesses at that point, and my landlord suggested I see a tarot card reader and get some guidance on my next business venture. Turns out, (laughs) my landlord was also a tarot reader, so I didn't have to go far. And what did the cards reveal? Basically, I found out it was time to start another business, because I already had seven of them, and the cards basically were like, 
do what you know. And then it ended on a card that had cups and fruits on it. So I took that as a sign to get some food. So I went to my favorite restaurant, sat down with a meal, and bam, We've Got a Hunch Hut was born. Mm. Um, now, where did this revelation come to you? As I said, my favorite restaurant, Pizza Hut. So when you started your business, did you have any idea of how to make your shop stand out? Well, I knew that I'd have to make it accessible and easy for people to come by. So it's right on the historic Route 66 with a parking lot and drive-thru. I'm sorry, did you say a drive-thru? Yep, you have to come inside for a reading, healing, or birthday party package. But if you want stuff on the go, we sell crystals for your rearview mirror, astrological body oil for the road, magic bath salts for your hotel stays, and capes. All for a very low price. Magic on the go. Exactly! Also, we promise to honor any coupon from any other metaphysical store. Say you get a coupon from Clairvoyant Castle, or you go over to the Esoteric Emporium and get a 25% healing coupon, or get a two-for-one deal at Mystical Mega Market. We'll take it. Wow, that's quite a deal. Well, it isn't revolutionary. They do the same thing at Pizza Hut. (laughs) Great huts think alike. Now, do you have employees, or is it just you? Oh, yes. We have Liberty, who is a hot crust healer. Chastity uses her second sight sauce. Divinus works the drive-thru, and our general meditation manager, Uija. I'm going to assume those aren't birth names, but again, I can't judge. Have you run into any problems so far? There have been some complaints, you know, like, I didn't get enough time with Ouija, or I didn't love the cards I got. Well, my answer is, you paid less than $10. You could always get another one. And when we have our happy hour specials, it gets pretty crowded, and people complain about that. I mean, I can't help it if there's a line out the door at 10.30 at night because Ouija is conducting a midline ceremony. Of what's a midline ceremony? Like a guided meditation with a big group. Oh, sounds intimate. It is. Hmm. Well, despite all these complaints, it sounds like your business is incredibly successful. Uh, yes. There are franchise deals in the works. It's pretty amazing. Even my landlord is a customer. <laughs> wow. Well, that was Caroline Crystal, Crystalline Watkins. And my name is Chartreuse Belljar, and I bought a crystal for two ninety nine and hung it in my only window. Public Radio America and Your Welcome World News are brought to you by Wild Horses of the Upright Citizens Brigade. Catch Wild Horses the first Saturday of every month at the UCB Franklin Theater in beautiful, semi-progressive Los Angeles, California. And by Blunt Talk, premiering August 22nd on Stars, starring someone named Mary Holland. That just about wraps it up this week, but first, we're right all the time, except for when we aren't. So here are this week's retractions. Skunks spraying people who get too close to them is not an unfair generalization. It is a thing they always do. We apologize to anyone misled by our Hug a Skunk campaign. Cricket bats are sports equipment, not terrifying chirping genetic mutations that leap into the air and flap around on leathery wings. 
Rubik's Cubes do not explode if you solve them, or if you don't solve them within a day of purchase. And finally, the first book of the Bible's Old Testament is not the book of Sega Genesis. We're up to 2.7% of our fundraising goal. Donors at the $19 level will receive a passive-aggressive glare as we reluctantly break your $20 bill and pass the single back to you. Thank you for having us on in the background while you drive. Thank you to our special correspondent Mary Holland, research assistants Madeline Wager, Levi Petrie, Eric Stolls, and BJ Emery, and in-studio microphone desanitizer Zane Grant. I'm Stefan Heifenstraitman saying thank you and you're welcome. This podcast is brought to you by feralaudio.com, fiercely independent podcasts, home of Harmontown, Call Chelsea Peretti, Mystic Party, and more. You can donate at our show page at feralaudio.com or use our Amazon affiliate link when shopping on Amazon. PRA, Public Radio America. It's like a tote bag for your ears. Feral Audio. branch of the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.